Praise God. Praise God. Welcome to New Movement. I'm so glad that you guys are here today. Um, again, my name is Pastor Terrence Taylor. I have the privilege to lead the church along with an awesome team. And uh, we're looking to expand our team. So if you are here today uh, coming to check us out, uh, we want you to know that there is an open invitation to join our team. We're looking forward to on January 19th launching into this community. We've been here for a long time. We've actually been here over 40 years as the Pasco Ephesus Seventh-day Adventist Church. And so we are reintroducing ourselves to our community and to the world as we are embracing the mission God has given us uh, to not just be a church, but to be a movement, right? People are looking for a movement and uh, sometimes people's image of church or even their experience of church is one where you come and you hear a good sermon and you sit down and then you leave. But that's not what we believe here. We believe, in fact, that church doesn't start until you leave. It doesn't start when you get here. And so we're really excited about this phase in our church. And I want to share a message with you uh, called an open invitation. I want to explain that to you and show that to you and hopefully encourage you today uh, to know that you have an open invitation with God. So let's go to a book in the, in the New Testament. If you're not familiar with the Bible, the Bible has an Old and New Testament. And uh, basically there's like a part one and a part two. And so the part two is where we're going to be in a book called Romans. And Romans is a letter uh, from a church planner who actually wrote a book to some new believers, people who were, had no idea what church was, no church background, maybe like some of you. So I want you to know that this is a church for you. This is a church for people who have no church background. We're not taking any tests or exams, right? You don't have to be a certain way. Uh, we just believe if you come, the Lord's going to work it out. So this is the book of Romans. It's a really interesting book because the writer is, is half. He's got like dual citizenship. He's part Roman and he's part Hebrew or Jewish. And he's actually would have had a PhD in his day. He was a scholar. And what happened was he got converted when he got old. Because sometimes you can be in church but not be converted. And that's what he was. He was, he was in that position. And so let's read this beautiful uh, letter and these words that he writes in Romans 11. And I believe I got a starting at 25. Is that right? Okay, thank you. So here's what he writes, NLT version. I want you to understand this mystery, brothers and sisters. He used the word mystery a lot. Uh, because it's really hard to understand the complexity of God's love and, and who he is and why he, what he does in his decisions. So he likes that word. So that you will not feel proud of yourselves. Some of the people of Israel have hard hearts. When he talks about Israel, he's talking about people that have been in religion and church a long time. When he talks about Gentiles, he's talking about people starting from scratch. But this will last only until the full number of Gentiles comes to Christ. So And so all Israel will be saved. As the scriptures say, the one who rescues will come from Jerusalem. And he will return turn Israel away from ungodliness. And this is my covenant with them that I will take away their sins. Many of the people of Israel are now enemies of the good news. And this benefits you Gentiles. Yet they are still people he loves because he chose their ancestors Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. For God's gifts and his call can never be withdrawn. We're going to come back to that verse in a little bit. 
Once you Gentiles were rebels against God, but when the people of Israel rebelled against him, God was merciful to you instead. Now they are rebels. So the tables have turned here. That now, uh, this, at this time, the church people were against the favor and the grace that God was giving to unchurched people. And now church people had become rebels. And God's mercy has come to you, so they, too, will share in God's mercy. Now, God has imprisoned everyone. This is a really interesting verse we're going to talk about later. God has imprisoned everyone in dis disobedience so he could have mercy on everyone. He locks everybody up who's disobedient so that he can have mercy on them. Mm. Oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. How impossible is it for us to understand his decisions and his ways. So what this verse is basically saying is that there's an open invitation. It's saying that no matter how far you are from God, no matter what your situation is, it was God's decision to invite you back to him. It's an open invitation. It's an invitation that stands as long as it needs to stand. God does not close the door on us. God does not put up his hand and say, talk to the hand. God is not blocking us on Facebook. It's, it's an open invitation. Just as long as you got breath in your body, you got a second chance. Now, I know that's hard. That's good. Let's celebrate it. Give me a high five, sis. No, no, no. I like her. That's my amen corner right here. Got me real excited on that point. Thank you. It's true because it's powerful. The fact is, see, we didn't all grow up that way. We don't all think of God that way. We think of God as, well, you got a couple chances and you're done right? The unpardonable sin. You commit that, it's over. But I'm trying to tell you that there is an open invitation because people don't leave open invitations. People give you one or two or three chances, but God always gives an open invitation. He said, let's start over. Let's start from scratch. Let's do this again. Now, what's interesting about this is a question that I want to ask you that I wrestled with when I was thinking about this is why do we need an invitation? Why do we even need one? Why does God need to invite us? It's because something happens, something is broken deep within the soul of humanity that is resistant to God. You can feel it, you can see it every day in the news. Anytime somebody does something crazy, you just know something's wrong with them. That's not normal. It's not normal for people to shoot up a place. It's not normal for people to hurt people. It's not normal for people to put down women. Something's wrong with that. And there's something within the humanity, that deep in the human race, there's something wrong with us. This is countercultural. Can I say that, by the way? This is not what popular people believe. Most people believe, hey, there is good in everyone. Everyone is good. Everyone has their own moral compass. I'm not addressing that entirely, but I am saying if we're not careful and, and we're by ourselves with a bottle of Jack Cognac, ain't nothing to tell what we would do. That's what I'm saying. Right? Ain't no telling what. I would do with a bottle of cognac by myself. So the point is, there's something wrong deep in it. We need an invitation because God is not going to force himself on us. He's not going to kick in the door and say, no, 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 you believe this. Here's what God will do. 
He is reckless. He is crazy. He will come after you like Camille Mack from the Bears. He is relentless on defense. He will sack you. He will chase you down like Frank Clark. My bad. I know where I'm at. Here's what I want to tell you. We have been created as beings that have choice. He created us in his image. So think about it this way. God has a choice. He has a choice. Because by default, anybody who's unholy, well, that's it. That's it for you, right? I, I just, and I was on a plane, and I, I finally brought myself to watch a very disturbing movie. By the way, Infinity War, I actually watched that movie. I was very disturbed. I was on a high from Black Panther, and I, I was, didn't appreciate the writers weren't thinking about that movie. Let me get back to my sermon. But in the, in the movie, is it Thanos? He's crazy, and your boy snaps his fingers, right? And y'all don't know the movie, but some of you do. It's all, half the people are gone. See, God, they're borrowing something. Because God has that ability, right? He, he can do the, you know, the, um, the men in black, the thing, boom, you know, memory gone. Nobody remembers anything that happened. But he doesn't do that. He has a choice. So he builds us with choice. So when we choose something different, God says, I'm going to choose to pursue you. But we still have the ability to choose. Now, that's, I think that's pretty interesting. Because when, oh, what did I write here? Because we have a choice in everything in our life needs an invitation. Everything in your life needs an invitation. I want you to think about this a little bit. Let's do a little heart surgery here. Who's in your life, who's not in your life, is based on an invitation. I know some people are in your life and some things are in your life that they think they need to be there, but they're only there because they're invited. See, in my family, there's things that have run down systemically from generation to generation, dysfunctions that have happened from generation to generation. Men who have made mistakes and walked away from the family. Generation after generation. And I made a decision because God told me I could make the decision to say I choose not to let dysfunction is no longer invited in my family. Pain is no longer invited in the family. Bad fatherhood is no longer accepted in this family. I want to talk about invitations. I want to help you Look at this a little bit different. I want to empower you today to know that everything in your life has an invitation. And you can choose who and what you want in your life. So I want to run through a couple types of invitations just so you can do a self-check and find out if it's a good one. So have you ever heard of a fake invitation? I know the first time my kids saw this, it was hilarious. Uh, they got in the mail one of those things that says, you won a million dollars, right? And Y'all got to understand, like, kids take mail and that stuff really seriously. So I can't remember which one it was. Man, she was pumped. She got the mail. She was like, Dad, guess what? I'm like, what? We won a million dollars. I'm like, really? Publish your sweepstakes is going to give us a million dollars? I said, no, I'm sorry, baby. This is, this is a fake invitation, right? This is, they don't have, look, the chances of you winning is improbable at best. 
they probably got the same million dollars they've had for 50 years. And they pay somebody $100 to take a picture in a video. Hey, look, pretend like you won. All right, we're going we're gonna to pay you about $50,000. We're going to do this cheesy commercial. So you're telling me they got a million dollars, and all they got is those cheap dollar store balloons? You ever see the commercial? You're like, you won. Like, get those dollar store balloons out of here. Y'all better come in a limo. And I, want, I want to see the pack, like, you know, the, I want the case. I want the armed guards, right? Give me a dollar store thank you car and a balloon to my one a million dollars fake invitation because some of us have fall for that right you falling for the brother that looks like a million dollars I'm just saying a million dollar brother right look good look strong and by the end of the relationship he owed you a million dollars right <laughs> like brother you are <laughs> You a million dollars in debt. Fake invitation. We fall for that. Looks good, don't it? That's a good looking job. Nope. That's a great opportunity. I think that would be good in our home. No. It's not what it cracked up to be. You have permission to receive an invitation and revoke an invitation. Here's another one. What about a forced invitation? Anybody ever had a forced invitation? Somebody forced you? To come to something, someone enforced you to be a part of something, forced you, you know, hey man, you can't leave the hood. What you mean, man? Thugs don't wear glasses? Man, I can't see. I'm going to shoot myself. No, man, you, you can't leave the hood. You can't leave us, right? Oh, you two better, you, you better than us? Forced invitation. No, actually... I love you, but I don't want to be in that dysfunction. Like, actually, I love you, but I don't want to just be getting by and just barely paying my bills. Like, I want to actually go to school. I want to advance. Like, I want to change the world. Like, I have a different focus, and I'm sorry. I don't want to be forced into this or forced into that. You got some fake invitations, forced invitations. What about this? Expired invitations. Some people's invitations have run out, okay? I'll never forget, I was in college. A friend was going through some stuff. We, he was in college. I think he was transitioning out of college. Uh, he wasn't going to make it to the next quarter. So he had like two or three days for the bus, Greyhound bus was leaving, that kind of situation. And I was like, okay, man, I'm newlywed. It's just me and Missy. I'm like, you can stay at the crib for like two days. I'm like, cool. So my wife is very nice. She makes tacos in our house when we get down with tacos i'm just telling you it's a serious deal if you see those tortillas frying on the stove you know it's about to be it's about to go down so my wife makes tacos for this guest brother we getting ready to eat and he's like man you know i'm gonna just wait a little bit i got a phone call i'm like cool you know cool right all right we ate and then we do something else we come outside let me tell you what he what he did this brother had the skillet that my wife cooked the taco meat in on the floor. He was sitting on the floor watching TV, eating tacos out the skillet on the floor. I was so glad, my, and he was on the phone with his shoes and socks off on the couch. His invitation has expired. <laughs> I said, brother, if you don't get this skillet off of this floor, we both going to be out of here. And I'm going to throw you out first. 
you know, like Fresh Prince, right? Phil used to, you know, used to throw out Jazzy Jeff. I was getting ready to do that. Some, some invitations in your life, they've expired. You got to look back and say, no, 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 you, you don't need to live here. The memory of you doesn't need to live here. The pain of you doesn't need to live here. I'm moving on. I'm moving forward. You can take your picture and move. We're not in high school no more, all right, right? You ain't my high school sweetheart. I have moved on. Your invitation has expired. What about this one? A loaded invitation. That's when somebody invites you to something. They say it's one thing, but it's really another thing. A lot of loaded ones out there. All you got to do is go to the club. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's a new day. Okay? And who you see with the lights off may be a whole different person when you see him at Planet Fitness. I'm just saying. <laughs> and they're inviting you to 15 minutes, and that's, go that's not going to save you money on your car insurance. That's going to give you 10 years of child support, 18 years. I'm just saying, some, some invitations are loaded. It's not really what they want to invite you to. It's really something else. It's called, you know, the hook, and I'm going to get you to do something else. It's loaded. There's something with it. I think if we just were, even now, begin to just assess the invitations that we've given and that we've been offered to say, you know, some things just don't fit. This just doesn't make sense in my life. Here's the last one. Have you ever had a second choice invitation? You weren't the first choice. You were the second choice. I wish I had time. I, I, I had to say this story in like 30 seconds. So when I was in high school, I was working, and my cousin rolled up on me right at work. It was like, look, I need you to get dressed right away. I need you to go to the prom with me and my date and her sister. Her sister's date dropped him or dropped her. I said, come on, man. I ain't got nothing to wear. He's like, you're in the band and the high school. Go get your band tux. I had to get the, I'm talking about, you know, the copper bun. Somebody ain't been in band before, right? I had to, I had the matching baby blue sparkle bow tie with the copper bun. And I went to a predominantly white school, okay? When I got to the high school he went to, it was a predominantly black school. And I just want you to know that in occasions like that, just so you don't know, uh, black people like to dress up. So a brother came in there with a band copper bun. And, and bow tie. All right. When I opened the door for the sister, uh, I opened the door. She was pretty. I did just like this. Click, click. <laughs> Y'all need me to do that again? It was like, click, click. Sister was about 6'1". And I was shorter than I am now. So we get, I said, look, I, I got to treat the sister right, man. We got to dance. We got to do our thing. So I'm dancing. I can't find her after a while. The dance is over. We get back to the car, and another brother is in the back seat. <laughs> she done found another brother at the dance. She got dropped by one guy. I came and brought her. I guess I wasn't enough. And she went and got, a, went and got another brother. They drove and dropped me off. I'm in the back seat next to this brother. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm like, 
I was doing good till you showed up, man. It's my date. I, I, got, I took ownership by that. No, this is my date. It's like, never mind. Sometimes we've had those kind of invitations. Like, you wasn't really the first choice. You was kind of the rebound in between. It was like, you the rebound boyfriend, the rebound girlfriend, the rebound employee. You're just there to fill a space. But that's not the kind of invitation that we're offering. God gives us an invitation because you're his first choice. You're his first choice. It's like, everybody be quiet. I'm getting ready to give an invitation to her. Everybody be quiet. Everybody get ready. Because today I'm giving an invitation. It's an open invitation. I love what the scripture says. I want to take you back to a text I promised to take you back to. And that is Romans uh, chapter 11, the same text. Did you see verse 29? It's crazy. I want to give it to you in another version first because you might have recognized it in this verse. Romans 11, 29. said it this way. The gifts of God and his call are irrevocable. I'm going to read it again. The gifts and his call to you, the invitation to you, are irrevocable. In other words, they can't be sent back. It's like a bad email you send out on your job that you didn't mean to send out. Please recall this message. His, it doesn't work like that for him. Let me read it in the other, in the other version. God's gifts and his call can never be withdrawn. I want you to think about that. Because the enemy will tell you that once you've made a mistake, it's over with God. You're ineligible. You're inactive. He's not going to extend that call to you. When he made you and he put the gifts inside of you and he put the calling inside of you, his mind was made up the work was finished and he was done. He said, that is never going away. That call, that specific call to you is never coming back. I'm not going to change my mind about you. It's irrevocable. That means no matter what you've done, no matter what you have thought about doing, your calling, your invitation to him is cannot be withdrawn. It's an open invitation. So it, down here in verse, uh, let me start back there in verse 32. I love this. This is where I wanted to end uh, in verse 32. It says, for God has imprisoned everyone in disobedience so that he could have mercy on everyone. God says, I'm going to put you in a timeout. You, you have an open to invitation, but if you choose not to accept it, that's okay. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to send the linebackers. I'm going to send the all-out blitz. And I'm going to blitz you until I tackle you. And I'm going to sack you so I can pour my love out on you. It's like a little child that's complaining and whining and crying because they're hungry and they're doing stuff they ain't supposed to be doing. And you put them in timeout. And they're crying and they're mad. And while they're crying and mad, you're fixing that grilled cheese sandwich for them. And while they're crying and mad, you're putting their little jello squares together. And while they're falling out, you're putting a little milk in the sippy cup. 
And God's saying, you might be in a place of disobedience and life might be hard for you, but guess what? I'm putting you in a position so that I can show you mercy. Oh, I wish you could understand what I'm trying to say. I want you to show how bad that invitation is. I want you to see how evil that invitation is. I want you to see how messed up that invitation is. So when you wake up and see that this is not the life I want, I'm going to rush in with so much mercy. I'm going to overwhelm you. I'm going to tackle you down with my love that I will be irresistible to you because my calling is irrevocable. I won't take it back. Sometimes the addiction that you might be feeling. Let me just tell you something. Addiction is, is an invited presence. You can get free if you want to get free. There's people in this room who can testify, I've gotten free from addiction. There's people who can testify, I've been free from mental health issues. I've gotten help. I've been free from financial struggles. I've been free from a, a broken marriage. I've been free from it. God says, when you invite me in, you're not just inviting me in. You're inviting my power. You're inviting my blessing. You're inviting my forgiveness. You're inviting everything I have. When you surrender to God, you get a blank check of grace. I wish anybody in here would understand that I'm just not talking over your head. I'm just not talking philosophically. I'm talking to you. And you may have thought that now was the time to say, you know what? I need to check my options now. Maybe I need to think about a different opportunity or a different thing. Can I just encourage you? Maybe God is saying stay in it. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but maybe he's saying, just stick it out with me. Just have faith in me. Let me show you something that you don't see. Because I'm putting you, sometimes we feel trapped in situations like, I hate this job. Right? Like, I want to quit. I hate this neighborhood. I hate this two-bedroom house. And God's saying, you know what? This two-bedroom house is keeping your marriage together. This, this little lame job is making you go back to school. I, I'm imprisoning you so that I can pour my grace out on you. I'm frustrating you with things so that you can see this is not the best for my life. There's got to be something better. And so this church is about letting our community know that there is an open invitation. There is an option for you. And that we're not just here to preach to you. We're here to preach with you. We're not just here to invite you to do something. We're inviting you to do something with you. We're not here to do something for you. We want to do it with you. There is an open invitation. And we have declared as a church that the the east side of Pasco is not a poor community. It's not a dysfunctional community. It's not a throw-off community. This will be the most thriving, the most intellectual, the most powerful, the most affluent, the most influential community in the Tri-Cities. You know why? Because the church is here. You know why? Because the movement is here. Because God has not changed his mind about people, and neither will we. So I just want to pray for you today. I want to just let you know for some of you that there is an invitation that God is making to you. Listen, I wish I was smart enough to know what it was. I don't. I can't read minds. Thank God I don't. Right? I just thank God I don't. I don't want to. But I do want you to know that there is an open invitation that God is saying, listen, whenever you're ready, I'm right here. Say, look, when you take this invitation, I'm going to tell you, it might be a little scary at first because you know what I'm doing? I'm coming in like the show Hoarders. Anybody ever seen Hoarders before? 
Because no, seriously, like that's how our, that's how we are inside. We're like spiritual hoarders. Like we got stuff, we got stuff we haven't forgiven people from for like 15 years. Some of us have walked away from churches because people haven't treated us right. And God is saying, look, I want you to come to a church and stand at the door and make sure that it never happens to anybody else. There's so much junk inside of us. There's so much pain inside of us. There's so much mess. But God is saying, I can clean the mess because once I show up, everybody else's invitation gets revoked. Once I show up, everybody else has to leave. You know why? Because there's not enough room. God's like, I'm too big for this apartment. My arms are too big. My shoulders are too big. Y'all need to move. So all, your, all this past memories, all this past pain, y'all got to get out. All this dysfunction, y'all got to leave. All this sickness, you had to leave because I'm too big for this room. I'm too big for your heart. I'm too big for your family. And everybody else needs to leave. I want to pray for someone today that God is making an invitation to. He's telling you, listen, I just want you to give me one more chance. He's saying, I just want you to give me a chance with your heart. For others, he's saying, I want, I'm inviting you to be a part of something special. I'm inviting you to sacrifice a little bit. I'm inviting you to just take some time out of your life to say, God, I'll return to you the gifts that I have inside of me. Some of you right now, you walked in this building and you had ideas. You walked in here like, I got an idea. I, I, this, this could be way better. And I'm just telling you that that's what we want. That's what God needs is people that have a whole different perspective with a giftedness that you can't even imagine that can be used for his kingdom. So I want to pray for you today. If you would just pray with me or bow your heads with me. I just want to have those, if you'd be so brave, as if you're saying, God, I just want to give you a new chance. While everybody's eyes is closed, nobody's looking at you. If you just say, that's me, that's the one you're talking to me, I just want you to slip your hand up so I know who I'm praying for. God bless you, I see you. God bless you, I see you. Oh, thank God. God bless you, I see you. Let me pray for you. Father God, thank you so much for the hands that were lifted. They're saying, God, they want to give you a new chance. They want to give you, they want to accept your open invitation. I pray today they will be so clear that they will know that you have accepted, that they've accepted the invitation of freedom, of salvation, and of new life. And I pray you would fill them with your power. Fill them with your Holy Spirit. Let them know even now. Let grace run and tackle them and overwhelm them. Let them know that they are forgiven and they are free. And Lord, place them in a place, a church that's going to love them. If it's your will, that they would come here. But Lord, put them in a place around godly people that's going to love them back to life. We thank you for being a God of the second chance. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's just give God a praise and a shout for those decisions that were made. God bless you.